Welcome to Sonic Talk number 251, uh, the, the year's the annually titled Pream Pream, Pre-Nam Preamble. And this week, uh, this is the last show before we head off to uh, Winter Nam, which is in Anaheim, California. Uh, Andy flew today. He's getting a week of fun, uh, fun and games before the show starts. So he's going to be nicely rested, I hope, and not too hungover by the time the show starts. And I go out next Tuesday. So uh, we're all very excited here because uh, we have a big team going and we've got all our kit and video and stuff. So I've just been going through lists and all that sort of thing. But anyway, that, I, I digress. We've also got uh, a lot, well, there's plenty of people in the chat room. Nice to see you all there. That's uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live. Uh, that's 4 p.m. UK time, but not next week because I will be busy uh, at a show. But uh, certainly the week after, I'm pretty sure. Um, so uh, thanks very much for joining us. And that first chuckle you heard there was Mr. Dave Robinson from ProSound News Europe, uh, who's Hello. right there. Uh, good to have you, Dave. Um, d- this is a double Dave week, as you will find out next Dave. week. I, I still mean to get a proper jingle for that, because I think it should have one, really. I know that we somebody Dave did send us week. one. <laughs> so anyway, Dave Robinson, editor of ProSign News Europe, who I'm sure is also uh, getting geared up for his uh, epic walkathon and meetathon at the NAM show coming up. Uh, when are you flying out, Dave? To drinkathon. Oh, do, yes. Well, I, uh, I, that goes without saying, clearly. When are you flying out, Dave? Uh, I'm going Tuesday. Tuesday, all right. Well, we might be on the same flight then, possibly. Oh, I can't wait. We could we could meet up at the back of the plane like we did um, yeah. five years ago. Yeah. And complain about the M Audio 2496 recorder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was well. I'm getting the 11:15 flight. Oh, I can't remember. I don't think I don't think the listeners are that interested, are they? Really? Probably not. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us. Um, ProSignNewsEurope.com, editor of uh, you get a digital online edition, so do do check it out. There it is. AES oh, turns corner. <laughs> Thank you very uh, much, Dave. Right, well, we're, and we'll also go to another Dave who's over there. That's Dave Spears from GeForceSoftware.com. Uh, Maker of fine musical instruments. Not going to NAM this year, but I'm sure we'll be of in, interested in some, in some shape or form of, as to what's going on. How are you, Dave? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, busy. Busy as ever. And yes, I do Why remember that. Going, Got things to get finished, and actually, it's weird because we don't sell into retail anymore. So, with the exception of Sweetwater. So, given that it's a trade show, it was like I tell you what, we'll stay, which I believe is our second year of not going. It might yeah. even be our third. So, yeah, weird, weird, but stuff to do. Anyway, well, Dave, thank you very much for joining us there. Um, I'm going to uh, also go and get Gaz Williams because he uh, has just popped up there on the. Uh, on the Skype Skypeathon thing, so I'm just going to see if I can go grab him quick. Uh, so this will be, uh, let me see there, uh, oh, Gaz. There we go. Go Gaz. Add. Let's see if we can get Gaz in there as well. Uh, I'll switch to me, uh, and then we'll come back to some of our other um, guests while Gaz uh, gets online. I, don't, I have no idea where he might be. Gaz, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I am. Excellent. Are you at home or are you in uh, in a car somewhere? <laughs> no. I'm here. Hello? Oh. Uh. Hello. Yes, I can hear you, but you're not talking. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, one moment. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Can I come back to you then? 
Richard, no, I'm ready now. All right, ready. okay. All right. Um, anyway, Gaz, thanks very much for joining us. I haven't got any video for you yet, but that doesn't matter. Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co, also host of uh, our new iPad show, Sonic Touch. How you doing there, Gaz? Good to have you aboard. Yeah. Thank you very much. All excited for NAM, I hope, as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, loads of exciting stuff coming up, isn't there? I think there could be. There's a couple of things I'm not allowed to say anything about that I'm really quite Ooh. interested in, but uh, I can't really say anything more than that because they'll probably arrest me at customs. Anyway, let's <laughs> say hello also to uh, Rich Hilton, who's there as well from Connecticut. Rich Hilton, of course, is uh, from Camp Chic, where he mans the controls for Nile Rogers' personal studio. Also goes and performs live regularly with the, uh, the ultimate disco band, I think would be fair to say. How are you doing, Rich? Very well, thank you. Very well. Excellent. Right, and I, there, I know where you are now, so uh, there we go. Rich Hilton, Hiltonius.com. Uh, good to have you. Um, have you. When was the last time you went to a, a NAM show? Can you, do you recall? I must have been in a previous life. Have you never been? I've never been. That is astonishing, actually. Wow. I wonder if you've missed anything. I suppose you'll be able to... Well, not, not, not anymore, because we just cover it all. <laughs> well, I follow you. Exactly. I trail you who like needs, a Who needs to fly 5,000 miles or 2,000 miles in your case to go and, go and see that? Anyway, Rich, thank you very much for joining us as well. And we have another guest there. Uh, we've, we've got a full chat room here. Uh, sorry, a full panel here. We'll say hello to Mark Tinley there as well, because Mark is also on the show. Uh, and his, his Skype video is looking good. How are you doing, Mark? I'm, it, it's looking very nice, isn't it? Thank you very much for that webcam again. Oh, yes. I'm doing very... I'm, what? Sorry, carry on. Yeah, marktinleylikebeing.com. Uh, I just I'm, doing, I'm doing very well. I've never been to NAM either, I don't think. I don't recall ever having been anyway. So, but I think the only thing I've missed is Rich Hilton because you cover it so well that I always follow it on your website. So. Hooray! Well, I'm, I'm not going to blush. I mean, this is the pre-NAM show. I should, you know, of course, we do a damn fine job and I'm very proud of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even if it is. Uh, I must admit, though, this year... I've become, I'm more stressed than ever before. I can't quite figure out what it is that, about it. It just feels like it's, it's I'm much more anxious that it all goes. I think it's because we've got some great show sponsors, which is fantastic. Very much thanks to them. But it sort of feels like there's more at stake. Uh, and, you know, there's so many things that can, that can completely stymie it. And I'm just, I don't want any of them to happen, I suppose. But anyway, that goes without saying. But thank you very much, Mark. We'll also say hi to PJ Tracy, who's also with us. PJ Tracy from pjtracysound.com. How are you, PJ? Great. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And to Steve and the Kiwi Steve, good middle of the night. Yes, good Kiwi to, Steve. Uh, I am going to, to in fact, I got an email from Kiwi Steve in the chat room saying I'm going to be at NAM. So we're actually probably going to meet him in person. So oh, I'm really fantastic. It'll be uh, a wow. good meetup. For those who are interested in such things, we usually meet at the Marriott, um, uh, the Marriott Pool Bar Saturday night. That's our night when, if, we've, if all's gone well, we allow ourselves several drinks and a bit of uh, gay abandon, as it were. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that's, I mean that in the innocent sense, not in the literal sense, of course. Anyway, PJ, thanks very much for joining us. Um, I'm glad that you're with us. Um, so, I suppose we should probably get on. And have I, have I said hello to everybody? Because this is the, it's the fullest, uh, fullest panel we've had for ages. So, there's obviously a lot of anticipation. Let's see. I mean, the, the first thing that I think I want to show, because this is actually fairly major, is this. Now, this <laughs> looks like. It's a Casio synthesizer. This was broken on uh, Synthtopia, uh, Casio X 
P XW P1 performance synthesizer, apparently a uh, lead and groove orientated synth. Uh, we don't know much about it, although I do know that uh, they've got this also, this website, which says the beginning of a new era, which is seven days, seven hours, 41 minutes, 59 seconds. But if you look there, there are two MS-20s on stage there. Not any obvious Casio keyboards, but it's a lovely photo. So um, the, the, the big news is, I mean, this is going to be their new, uh, they're re sort of re-entering the synthesizer market, which is the first time, uh, I don't know. When was the last time they they made a synthesizer? It must have been... Must, 1988. Have, 1988, Mark. Jesus. I well, mean, I know you were really into the Ca Casio stuff. Well, so I we're used talking... to run the Casio ProTech Users Club, so I uh, had all of the ProTech range, or the Pro... Yeah, there was a Casio ProTech range, so that included the FZ1, the FZ10M, and the FZ20M, which were rack mounts, a yeah. VZ1, VZ10, VZ8, which was a phase distortion synth, and then a range of MIDI guitars, some of which included synthesizers as well. And the synths were a bit noisy, but they, were, they made some really cool sounds. Really cool, actually. Well, obviously, I mean, what's happening is everybody seems to be really excited about this. Well, it's interesting, actually. If you look at the comments on the, uh, on the Synthetopia site, is it's sort of split. Lots of people going, they reckon seven, people are, uh, are speculating about 700 bucks. Uh, and uh, not much stuff going on in the front panel, so probably some kind of editor. And uh, everybody's really hoping that we're going to have some phase distortion and maybe some of the old Casio synthesis so that at least we get some of the legacy of the Casio stuff. Because, I mean, Casio, oh. for a long time, they've been making... And, and as far as I know, they, make, they still do make really good arranger keyboards, you know, with yeah, they do, quite, yeah. quite sort of tweakable and, uh, and that sort of thing. But they've been really off the radar, certainly. from. But this, for the first time, they contacted me and said, do you want to come and visit the stand? And I did contact their PR lady and say, look, it's leaked. Tell me, uh, can you give me anything else to go on? Because I'm going to talk about it on our pre-show uh, podcast. And she uh, she gave me a very uh, a, a very legally tight statement. <laughs> They've actually been making making pretty big waves with their low market, um, lower end market stage pianos as of lately. I, I bought, I actually bought one of those for my niece so that she could she could start uh, practicing piano. But I've I've noticed in a few corners. Um, people actually using them uh in in professional context and right. they're they're very they're very cheap and i, I they do sound know, i saw that, in fact i, saw, I was yeah. in bristol the other day watching pantomime uh uh and i went shopping afterwards and there was a guy playing a, a casio keyboard piano stuff and it sounded really really nice i can't i mean his fingers must have been cold yeah they actually do sound pretty good especially especially for the money they sound and feel pretty good for the money yeah oh, they yeah. got good they got weighted keys as well they do. I mean, I imagine. I mean, the thing is with Casio, they are going to be the masters of uh, getting it done for a budget, aren't they? Because I mean, they've been doing that for a long time, so they're probably going to have a lot more experience at, at getting the, you know, putting the money where it needs to be and not where it doesn't need to be. I don't know. Um, anyone else got any Casio stuff? That I mean, do, I'm thinking. You know, I, I was try, I was going to get a CZ101 uh, again just because of that that little tiny uh, synth that, uh, that that had the phase distortion engine because they do sound pretty nice don't they oh rich you're nodding sure. there is there something that um that you might be interested in i mean is there a casio sound i can't can't think of what it might be it's been such a long if, time if there is it's the sound of the cz 101 and its descendants the 3000 the 5000 and those things i think right because the the vz or vz one uh never really caught on very much anywhere enough to define it as a sound and it all sounded kind of pseudo quasi fme anyway and uh well, they, the, I, the only 
Pardon? It wasn't Face Distortion. Face Distortion was Casio's take on, on FM, from what I remember. It was kind of like a poor man's FM, wasn't it? The, the, yeah, there was something. It, was quite, it, it could be quite um, tinkly and, sh- and bright, maybe. Well, VZ yeah, was, was noise, a whole it? different thing. Ah, okay. Mark I mean, would had... know VZ was different than anything else I'd ever seen. Huh? The VZ right, was di- yeah. VZ was different to the CZ. The CZ tried to emulate digital uh, DCOs and DCFs, that kind of thing. Except it was slightly different to that. But the VZ was more towards FM. But it right. wasn't FM. It was something else. But nonetheless, yeah. nonetheless, I'm excited by the prospect. I think it's going to be an interesting thing, and it would be great to have you know, somebody coming back into the market who's got such a legacy, at least uh, any legacy of making synthesizers, re-entering this market and see if they, uh, things might get a bit spiced up. It would be quite nice to see that, really. I'm hoping. <clears throat> and, and as we know, Casio are uh, cheap. I mean, I mean, cheap is a, is a derogatory word in the States. It doesn't mean Inexpensive. The same yeah, inexpensive is what we mean, actually. I know, Dave Spears, are you thrilled at the, this prospect? Does it look interesting? <clears throat> I did blow up that picture. I could see some organ drawbar type things. Oh, man. Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, maybe. It's interesting, actually, because uh, John here, you know, to John, is a big fan of this phase distortion synthesis. And actually, it was really good. Loads of really cool harmonic content, I remember. Very, you know, and it was a kind of take on FM, but you could, you basically used other um, waveforms to kind of bend the phase angle. More that was the whole kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Interesting, really interesting. I wish them well, actually. Hmm. PJ, yeah, uh, oh no, sorry, Gaz, you got any um, Casio stuff in your um, arsenal, as it were? <laughs> uh, I, had, I have had a CZ1, uh, what, oh, I can't remember which one it was now, it was CZ5000 maybe? Um, uh, but a, a friend of mine uses the uh, the FZ, and uh, he absolutely swears by it, and he gets amazing sounds on it. And um, he's got it plugged into a, a Lexicon PCM90, I think. Um, uh, and just the two of them together just sound amazing. So I think there still is a lot of mileage in that machine. Um, my worry with this device is, though, is that it's somehow going to come out and it's going to be some sort of kind of like groove yeah. box in a keyboard type of thing and be a bit dated and be full of all kind of like ravey kind of stuff. Um, that's my fear, I think. Uh, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's great that they're back, though. It's really great, so I don't want to, I don't want to put a downer on it. Well, I seem to um, remember, because a friend of mine had, you know, you, you get all those, there were loads of different flavours of keyboards back in the days, that, and they always had one or two really great sounds that just sort of hit the mark. So I, I really hope that it's going to uh, really take off and be a great uh, synth. We'll just have another quick uh, look at it there. That sort of lovely, misty thing. But yes, you can see there's uh, some drawbars there. Uh, Dave Robinson, um, have you got anything more to add, or should we move on to the next topic? Or have you frozen? I don't know if that does say organ bar, actually. Does it not say orange bar on there? <laughs> Maybe it's orange. a drinks dispenser. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, it's it's a, cro- a cross between a Casio and a um, soda stream. And a mini uh, bar. <laughs> yeah, a mini I'm, bar. I might be, oh, fantastic. I might be wrong, but uh, I think, wasn't the FZ1 the first sort of uh, commercially available sampler, high street sampler, sampling keyboard? I think it might yeah. be. Yeah, could be. As right, used yeah. on dub no bass. Well, the FZ1 was the first. <laughs> What did you say? The FZ1 first, first commercially 
consumer, no. nothing keyboard. No, I don't think it was. Oh, okay. The Prophet came out before that, didn't it? Prophet 2002, wasn't it? Uh, Mirage? As a keyboard, oh, Mirage, yeah. yeah. Mirage. Was Mirage. Cool. What about so, Mirage? Dave, that, 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 would be a, that would be a sort of... The FZ1 <laughs> was supposed to be the first 16-bit one, but it was really only 13-bit. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I know it was the first something. I also, I think my other, my other Casio fact was that it was used in Voodoo Ray, I think. Right. <laughs> but the sampling time... They'd run out um, a guy called Gerald had run out of sampling time, and it was actually Voodoo Rave, and it got cut off, so it ended up as Voodoo Ray. <laughs> I don't know where I read that, you can, but I'm pretty sure that's true. <laughs> that's great. Um, but I, the, actually, as an observation, what I wanted to say was, it's, in, it's interesting that Casio didn't have an analog legacy, did they? No, so everybody really. else, Roland, Yamaha, Korg, Emu, they had, a, uh, they had an analog legacy, whereas Casio... You know, Mr. Cal- uh, you know, calculating else. They came in with digital, and their digital keyboards were were of a time. The the the, the Poly 800s and and all the sort of digital synths that were around, um, but they they went nowhere. Had nothing. That their, their face distortion stuff was great, but it didn't take them anywhere. And I wonder, you know, philosophically, did they not go anywhere? And they're having a Oh, oh. here because they didn't have the know-how they didn't have the legacy of being analog are you losing me no uh, no i got that yeah i see what you mean no, so i okay, don't know yeah. if that's entirely true but go on I don't know. i'm just i'm just speculating but that's an interesting thought i mean i've got a casio analog keyboard in my basement um but i mean it's not a synthesizer in that you can change any of the parameters of the synth itself but the sounds are generated by an analog generator oh. tone generator yeah so I it's see. got like 32 presets on it and it's got an analog key. drum machine inside it as well oh. so it's very analog sounding but well, it's not anyway I, 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 I think um <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what it is how it comes out and what uh what else there is there but uh, i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to go straight in with an ad from our sponsors here um and coming up after the ad uh, we'll talk about uh Teenage Engineering and possibly Moog and perhaps some other things too. Anyway, <clears throat> I want to say thank you very much to the show sponsors, Yamaha. Uh, we very much appreciate their support. Uh, never take uh, any of this stuff for granted. It always helps us uh, at least do the things that we do. And they want to tell you a little bit more about the Pocket Track recorders. What we have here, uh, if you're watching the video, which I strongly recommend that you do, um, W24, C24 Pocket Tracks. They're 24-bit, 96K. Very, very small portable records with stereo mics. Uh, they've got ultra-handy wireless remote control in the case of the W24, which is a brilliant feature if you're recording a gig and you want to, uh, maybe you're on stage, you can't reach, you know, it, it's just one of those very useful things. Uh, like I say, 24-bits, 96 recording, superior battery life, up to 38 hours of PCM recording, two gigs built in, micro SD cards, XY configured stereo microphone, uh, mic for superior recording, peak limiter, quick startup, ready to record in four and a half seconds, which is actually quite a big deal because these things quite often uh, take such a long time that the moments pass. So this is very useful. Onboard speaker for quick and convenient way to check recordings. Uh, tuner and metronome and also comes with Cubase AI5. So what we want to do is, uh, if you're interested in checking out these uh, pocket tracks, head over to yamahadownload.com or yamahasynth.com where you'll find the location of, in the UK, the Pulse stores, which are la- uh, Yamaha stores within stores. 
in some of the major dealers where you can go and try one out. Maybe head down with some memory, record onto it, take it home, have a listen on your own monitors and check out what you think. Uh, also, if you're in the States, uh, do the same thing. Go to one of the bigger dealers, try them out, record some stuff and take it home and just give it a good close scrutiny. We want to say thank you very much again for Yamaha's continued sponsorship of the show. It's very much appreciated. Right, uh, what's next? I think I have another video. I may not. Oh, yes, I have. I think this is... Uh, oh, uh, not another video. Uh, a video. Here we go. This has absolutely nothing. This is just a fantastic machine. I don't know what it is, but I want one of those. Is that an injection? It's like a vacuum moulding system. Looks absolutely brilliant. Anyway, like I said, that was a teaser video from Teenage Engineering, who, in fact, uh, if I go to the web shot here, they're making this, which actually looks a bit like um, an airline uh, food tray. Uh, in in typical... Uh, Teenage Engineering style uh, looks very nice. And we're sort of speculating as to what this teaser might be for because it's clearly related to NAM. See you at NAM, ABC you at NAM. Any ideas as to what you think this might be? What we might expect from them? What would you like it to be? Because bear in mind, they do have uh, an interesting design. They're a slightly sort of eccentric way they look at things. Mark, you look like you might be about to speculate there, or I could be wrong. I was just thinking the ABC reference could be a reference to the Jacksons. So it might have something to do with, like, the Jacksons. But I it might have a Jackson figurine set. I couldn't quite then <laughs> get to the next step of that. I just thought, oh, it's very toy-like, two, isn't it, ABC as two well? Two old like ones building, at the top. <laughs> building blocks of something, so three building blocks that go to build something. Hmm. It's it's interesting, isn't it? An interesting idea, what it might be. I mean, I do know that it will you could probably get Michael Jackson in that tray, couldn't you? Oh, you could now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could now, yeah, exactly. Um, and then we could all... no, I won't go there. The thing, the thing is about teenage engineering. They do make sort of kind of wildly. It's going to be stylish and expensive. Is basically anybody else got any ideas? Gas. Mm, pass. <laughs> pass. Okay. Uh, Dave Spears, what about you then? Come on, I'm determined to have someone have a go because I've got an idea that came in from Tony, which I will uh, share with you, which could be interesting, but I, I, I just thought he'd let you have a go at, at guessing at that. I don't know. Well, it's ABC, isn't it? So if you go Alpha Bravo Charlie, and they are <laughs> little compartments for somebody's Charlie, and that big long one <laughs> is for the straw. Straw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, it's a mirror. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like it's the rock and roll equivalent of a sort of uh, pill container. Yeah. I was, well, I was, I was going to suggest we snorted Michael Jackson's ashes from. Okay, it, right. I'm going to stop you there because uh, this is probably not going to do us any favours when it comes to our PG sticker. But <laughs> let's assume um, well, it's not none of those things. And no, I was. My I, I think that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, Tony uh, suggested, uh, uh, Mac Doctor, who comes and switches occasionally, he thinks it could be a, some sort of Bluetooth-connected modular effect and synth system. So you put little oh, chunks into it. No? I'm going Dave's. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Well, I, was thinking, I was thinking that long thing down the middle is for carrot sticks and celery sticks. You've got three kinds of dip. 
uh, right above it. Right. It's, it's sort of like a Crude bento cheese. box concept. Like the way you know it's you can get a Japanese box. lunch in a bento box. It's like, or it's like a tailgate um, chip uh, chip thing. Mm. I'm guessing it's uh. a musical instrument of some kind. <laughs> Do I win the prize? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no I like tray better. I think our derv tray is what it really. All right. Is. Okay. Oh, I got a Japanese. But, there. um, <laughs> There's a bit of Japanese. Gotta, not Japanese for lunch. Dim sum. I, I said pass because I thought someone might have something of any use to say. I mean, you know. <laughs> Go on then, Daz. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it could be any number of things, uh, but we will look forward to seeing what it is. I am going to – I couldn't get an appointment with him. I will swing by and check it out, and hopefully it will be something exciting and groovy and presumably something that won't be made yet that uh, requires some kind of uh, making. But anyway – what can you say? Uh, right, the next thing on the line is, well, we've already had, this has already happened, really, so, um, but here it comes. I'll fast forward it so we actually see some stuff. Here we go. This is the move Minotaur. Yeah, so that's the Moog Mini Tour, um, which is the uh, little Moog, uh, yet another small Moog that is, um, it looks like it's the brains of the, min, the, 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 the Taurus, essentially. A couple of analog, uh, what's it, two oscillators, two envelopes, low-pass filter, knob per function, USB, MIDI, and control voltage, which is kind of cool. That's a nice little uh, addition. I know, uh, Dave, you're, you're our kind of resident uh, synth, synth fanatic. Is this something that thrills you? I don't know. Have you got any of the new Moog stuff, or is this... Yes? Uh, yes, it does thrill me. I haven't got any of the new Moog stuff. I was very tempted to go for a little fatty... And then I thought about Slim Fatty. And then when I saw this, I think this is bloody brilliant. It's really simple. It sounds monstrous. The Mini Moog, right? I rarely use the Mini Moog in anything other than the single oh. oscillator because it's just so fat. Yeah. Whereas with this, if they've, it, and then it sounds like it's got a very similar balls to me, it works. It just works. And this is what I want. I like little boxes of knobs with inter in and out interfaces on that I can make really cool sounds with. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's it's not that it's not going to be that far away from what the um, what the little fat the slim fatty costs. So I mean, it's still got a, got a, a hefty price tag. But I mean, you know, it might well work in the uh, in the context of what you're after. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the desktop thing. Brilliant. Yeah, Sounds it, great. It might well do. I've just, uh, the, that sort of uh, sound of uh, misery for me was I just looked down and noticed the battery had run out on my recorder. So uh, it's gonna, that means Ugh. I've got to extract all the audio from, my, <laughs> from the video recording, which is, you know, could be worse, couldn't it? Eh? Um, just mm. not much worse. Right. <laughs> Gaz, going to get one? Yeah. Um, do you know, I think this is exactly the right product that they should be making right now. I think it's kind of, uh, it, it taps into their legacy yet. It's also, you know, it's got like that USB connectivity and, you know, uh, which I think they're, they started that with a little fatty, didn't they? But, um, uh, you know, I think they they just seem to be really on the ball now, Moog, you know, with uh, 
obviously Animoog and stuff on the iPad was a major, major, major hit. And uh, uh, I, I'm not sure quite how well the Slim Fatty's done, but that looked really good. But this just looks exactly right. I think they've managed managed to tap right into sort of what people want from them. And, uh, you know, uh, I noticed there was a comment about like dubstep in that last uh, trailer there. But, um, you know, I think they've, they've got a great winner on their hands there, haven't they? You know. It'd be interesting to see if they do, yeah. I mean, because they're covering both areas because they've also got that high uh, high expense uh, API lunchbox Moog ladder filter, which, you know, is, is more the high end of what they do. And also, you know, they're kind of more bespoke uh, top end stuff. But, I mean, it, it mm. makes sense for them to make something, a Moog everybody can afford because it's been a while since we've had one of those, right? It's Yeah, it's true. And also it's, you know... Uh, it's still seven hundred that... euros, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's not cheap. I mean, that's that's the thing. But uh, it's just a bit cheaper it's... than the, their most expensive thing. It's the desktop format again, isn't it? You know, we're seeing that time and time again now. You know, but, uh, you know, the rack unit seems to be vastly disappearing, doesn't it? You know. Um... Yeah. Well, you put two of them in a rack, maybe. Actually, what somebody said in the chat room, uh, Shane King, uh, and that's the same thing that I found actually with the Moog. Uh, uh, Slim Fatty was there's no noise generator, so you know and that's quite a major omission I think on any monosynth, whatever it may be. So and, and I don't think there's one on here, so that's something that's uh, that's a bit of a shame, I think. I know PJ, would you be? Have you got any analog synth longings? Would this be something that might fulfil a, a, a hole in your setup, or are you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Ab- absolutely. And and one of the reasons being is that it does have that Moog ladder filter in it. It and an external input for it. Yeah. So not only do you get a great, you know, two oscillator monosynth, and it looks that thing looks freaking cool. It just looks cool. Like I think it looks better than it. And not that I would buy it based on that alone, of course. But uh, it looks as cool as the Voyager does. I mean, on that on that level. You know, as opposed to the little fatty and the slim fatty, which aren't quite as cool looking, but that thing is is really neat. And the reason why um, I bring up the ladder filter is because I was actually looking at one of those API lunch lunchbox ladder filters because I thought, wow, what a great what a great way to um, um, you know to spice up some in the box synthesizers by running them out to a, a nice Moog filter, and this would give you that for a little bit more of the price you also get um a monosynth with lots of nice knobs on it so yes yeah definitely, that's true definitely uh, interested um the the chat room is uh, pointing out that you could with the external input you could always uh uh p- put it in via the external audio input if you needed noise but but you know just I, I, that's my bugbear about both the slim fatty and this really I, I, and that's the thing that I think is missing from any mono synth. I know Rich I know you were nodding would you uh, I mean you've got a mini so do you have you kind of interested in any of the sort of new breed of Moog synthesizers Sure and uh this thing looks like a gorgeous little product I I kind of share Dave's enthusiasm for it I understand the point about the lack of noise that's interesting and uh the routing well I I hadn't realized that um it is $200 cheaper than a Slim Fatty, and it's a completely different kind of interface and design. That's true. They're it's got a knob really, for everything, which is kind of quite a major difference, right? But they're really both really cool and good-sounding, from what I've heard, products. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm quite impressed with what they're doing. 
Well, I think they, and actually, I actually like the name of this product. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Miniature, miniature is almost, isn't Minotaur. it? Minotaur. Yeah. In other words, it's Taurus. It's the little Taurus. Minotaur. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of sweet. It's uh, clever. It's actually clever. Whereas uh, uh, the whole fatty concept was not part of my, you know, lexicon. And what was that? Was something else? There was something really quite obscene they released quite recently. What was that? I can't remember what it was called. No. Cluster flux. That's right. Yes. Thank you very much. I'm glad you said that. Right. Because <laughs> it came out very quickly without thinking there. So I, you know, I'm no, just... I'm reading it. I'm ah, reading right. it. I've got website open with all their products on it. That's why I can do that. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate I appreciate you pulling that in. Uh, anyway, it's it's, uh, it's going to be well. It's released. Uh, we I guess it'll be shipping quite soon. So we're going to go and see it at the show. Oh, Dave Dave Robinson has a holder holding a finger up. He must uh, he must have have something to say. Speak, Dave. Yeah. It, well, uh, the Mugafuga. That's a bit saucy, isn't it? But uh, no, what I was going to say. I mean, it's it's got a great name. Uh, using for live performance. Well, I was just reading through the specs. But um, it, it, does the fatty does it, have, does it have a third oscillator like the Mini Moog, like the Mini Moog did? I mean, is that where they've cut the price by taking off the third oscillator so you can get this kind of sub? I think it only had two, there. from what I remember. Uh, oh. I did do, I did review it, but I've forgotten. It was it's basic, but it it had yes, it had two. It had an arpeggiator, and it's a nice unit, and you can get a lot out of it. But you need you know yeah. you need it, it's harder to pro i presumably this will be easier to program and the cross mod was something that i don't know if it's got so much cross mod potential uh, as perhaps mm. the uh, slim fatty but we'll have to check but, but what i thought was kind of interesting in the way they they put it on the the, the way they announced it they've got this demo of of, of dubstep which is which is great but the, the quote the quote is from geddy lee <laughs> which of course <laughs> Yeah, which of course you know um, the the Russia signals um, uh, era. Well-known dubstep, you know, big, dubstep big, artist. Big, big money and all that kind of stuff. Which is the the, the bit of 1982, 1983. Uh, you know, bit, uh, was it subdivisions? Was the, is the only period of, of Rush that I really like because of the big Oberheim synth there, and he, he was using the Taurus pedals and the big Oberheim synth. But it's interesting that they would choose to plug. Something that with a dubstep, which is which it needs to appeal to somebody to to the kids and the live performers, but they use a quote from Geddy Lee. That seems a bit misplaced. I mean, they mentioned Derek uh, May and they mentioned like, Flying Lotus, whatever. But the quotes from Geddy Lee, I just I just think that's rather funny. It's, a, it's an intergenerational, multi-dimensional uh, PR exercise. Intergenerational, you know. Who knows who Geddy Lee is anymore? Is that Finn? Well, I didn't, I didn't know who he was. So uh, uh, the pavement me. song, isn't he? <laughs> Yes, um, I like it too. Good, Mark. You're you're a fan. Are you going to get one? You're going to get your. We'll, well get one in for review. Said everything needed to be said about it. Actually, I find it very hard to find any fault with it. I think it looks fabulous, and it does everything that I would want something to do. Whether or not I buy one or not, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a fair comment. Uh, so let's get on. Moving on. Um, there's some other news. And Mackie say they have a ground groundbreaking new product to launch. They've been talking about that for several months now behind the scenes. So I don't know what that's going to be. Um, but again, you know, what seems to be happening actually this year, uh, and I think we're going to see more of it as companies move away from the, the sort of bun fest that is the, the show, is they're releasing prior to the show. So they get a buzz, then they get loads of people going to the stand. It's actually quite a good strategy, I think, and because otherwise it doesn't, it doesn't get lost in the general noise. So we have uh, video three, which I believe will now...
uh, I nearly got you there, Rich. You were doing some great moves. Great moves. Uh, that is the news of the Akai MPC Renaissance, uh, which is one of three, in fact, if you wish to. Uh, let me see. I think we've got, have we got that here somewhere. I think that's here. If you want to wait, I could probably shoot to that. What does it say? You've, you, there's a new video for something called the NPC Studio and the NPC Fly. Seven hours, 13 minutes, folks, to wait, and 175 hours for the music production controller. So, but anyway, this is the, yeah, this is the new NPC Renaissance, which essentially has all of the, all of the NPC stuff plus built-in uh, uh, four-channel USB 2 audio interface and two-port hub built-in. Uh, loads of pad banks, SP diff. I mean, it looks like it's a sort of super MPC. Is it a bit late though, considering that machine is sort of running away with the uh, the whole kind of new yep. beats thing? Because this does sound a little bit like. I must admit, the trailer was great, but it did remind me of DJ Shadow from 1990. So, PJ, I heard yeah. you say yes. Then are you kind of? Is that what you're? Th- yeah, I mean, what that trailer says to me, and I don't mean to be harsh, is if you want, if you too want your track to sound like an early 1990s cheap groovebox demo, then buy one of these. Oh, eyes! <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and I'm sure it's great. I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's it's wonderful for a for a standalone uh, device. But uh, I mean, anybody that's that wants to produce in this vein should really take a serious, serious look at machine because that is... Oh, well, you've just got one, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And that's just... It's a paradigm killer in terms of all of that. I mean, it's so deep and it's so forward-thinking and there's so many different ways to interface it into your workflow that I just don't... I don't think there's anything else out there right now that even comes close to touching it. And unless this box does something, you know, on that level and greater, then for the price point, machine's where it's at. It's a, but it does have the audio interface aspect, though, doesn't it? The uh, the Akai does. So I mean, uh, yeah. it is a you know. Pre- presumably, uh, I, you already own an audio interface, though. I mean, unless you, unless you're just getting in from the ground up. I, mm-hmm. I suppose, guys. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, yeah, well, yeah. that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I mean, do you think that um, uh, you because you've just got machine, haven't you? So yeah. I think last time we spoke, you hadn't had a chance to take it out and unbox it and all that sort of stuff. So you, you, you now feel very strongly about it now that you've had time to use it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we may have actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, okay. just briefly. So I, I have Machine and I also own um, Complete 8 right. and, and I had owned previously several Native Instrument products. The way that those those two, um, the, the Complete 8 product and Machine integrate together alone are un- are unbelievable i mean I, I i didn't get excited about it when i read it and it said that you could open up um you know complete eight's browsing system inside a machine and it integrated perfectly with the browser until i started using it right and it's just it's just f- freedom i and suppose i, I suppose you, the you, thing is actually in thinking about it pj i mean the thing is about the mpc way of working is machine has taken it and run with it and and taken it steps further and integrated the new technology whereas this old school mpc stuff maybe you know is for people who just are in love with the whole mpc thing i don't know maybe that's a bit hard well well here 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 in a nutshell with machine if you if you already have a way of working with a daw on any level and and any other device that you have with machine you can easily integrate machine into that workflow or you can take many aspects of that workflow and and 
take it inside of machines production environment be, because of the ability to open up third-party VST instrument in, in effects inside a machine. So if you prefer working with machine as a nested instrument, you can do that plus nest other instruments inside right. of it, or you can use it as a standalone production environment, you know, on the go on a laptop or however you want to do that, and open up elements of your already existing workflow inside of it. So it's just it's just very open ended, very fluid, and really really well designed. Well, Akip in the chat room says uh, it also it, it runs as a plugin in your door, runs at the door itself because there, there was some interesting software um, uh, integration. Sort of hinted at there. We did, we'll know a bit more about it. Rich, you sounded like you wanted to chip in there about the whole kind of NPC thing. Am I right? Because you're you're on. <laughs> well, um, this, this uh, yes. Do I think that this is a day late? Yes. Is it necessarily a dollar short? No. I think that NPC uh, has a very very strong branding. In certain markets. Right. And for them to be doing this on some level is a very smart thing to do business-wise because there is a segment of the users of these drum machine-looking devices that don't want to be interfacing with a computer all the time. Sure. And so I think this... I think that there is a very decent perceivable market for this, and I'm very interested to see how it does. Okay, well that's that's cool enough. Um, I mean, we've sort of seen the whole NPC uh, pro- proliferation uh, for a while now. So I mean, it's quite interesting that there's a whole new breed of them. I mean, they do. I suppose this is about the right time for a new one to come out because we haven't seen one for a little while. I'm trying to remember when it was. I'm not an NPC user, so I can't get your evangelical about it. It's just not the way I work. So I don't know that I've got much to add in terms of that. But I think you're right. There is something to be said for a computerless workflow, even though this does also integrate by, by the looks of things into that. If that's what yep. Oh, sorry. Go, go, Mark. I was going to say it's sort of like an instrument or a working practice in its own right. So it has its own sort of set of people that use it so in the same way that we sort of see new guitars coming out all the time and you think well why would anybody ever release a new guitar that's just dumb i think it's kind of it's just releasing like a new instrument into a genre of instruments it's like a it's a style of instrument in its own right almost now isn't it and uh it kind of was the first one and it's sort of you know the leader of that kind of style of or, or way of doing things i mean pj might have a point about machine um, and that might at some point uh you know come along and kick its ass so to speak but mm. um i think it's still valid to release these as you know new to market and it looks it, cool well, i mean well. you're you're absolutely right about the brand anytime that anything npc comes along i mean the you know that there's a lot of interest a lot of people are very interested in this stuff we get always get a lot of hits news wise and what have you so there, there is there is a certain aspect to that but anyway um if, unless anyone else has anything they particularly want to add, we could move on to uh, yet another topic that, uh, that was all, this was also quite interesting. I think this might uh, might give us a little bit more pause for thought. And this is the Coppola. Well, Sorry, Dave. Nick, uh, I, I need to go because I'm visiting. Um, yeah, I, for reasons I've mentioned earlier, I need to I need to disappear. But, uh, um, sorry about well, that, Dave. No, it's fine. But um, what all I want—I just wanted to mention. This is a bit sort of high end for for uh, for this discussion. But on uh, a more sort of pro level, Alan Heath are producing a new sort of cut down digital version of their GL series mix 
collapses which have been around for you know the GL uh, uh, the GL uh, they're eight, the ones with the massive luscious, massive luscious screens aren't they yeah yeah and but there was, there was sort of the, the, the more cut down versions. Anyway, we've got something called the GLD, which is effectively GL Digital, which is being launched at the show. And it's a big deal for Alan Heath. And it's a sort of seven grand uh, digital mixer to take on things like the Soundcraft um, Compact, uh, SI Compact. And this, you know, the digital mixers are coming, becoming high end, you know, pro digital mixers <coughs> becoming smaller and smaller, more and more affordable to the, the sort of the semi pros and, and the smaller PA companies and the, and the people who want to. Uh, have a digital mixer in their in their setup because they're playing live and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's something that I'm going to be looking out for particularly. Yeah, and I'll check that, that out. I will see you. Uh, I'll be in touch about the show, and hopefully I'll see you at Nam, or might even see you at the plane, or if not, I'll see you by the pool. Yes. Cheers, Dave. Nice for you Cheers. to uh, to join us. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Right, Dave. Right. Um, so yes, I'll play this clip now, and hopefully that will. Right, well, that was a clip of the Elysium MS812, which is, uh, we've, done, we've shown things like this before. I mean, it's a similar concept to the expert sleepers idea, uh, which takes uh, audio signals or signals and turns them into MIDI for controlling modular stuff. But this is a bit different because it's got Copperland control. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers uh, Copperland, but Copperland is like a kind of, it's, it's like a protocol over Ethernet for transporting MIDI and audio and other stuff. And it's, it's, it's discreet in the fact that every Copperland device has its own chip. So it's self-aware. You plug it in, it says, I'm here, and it makes itself available to all the other devices on the Copperland network. And it's, it's actually quite smart. And this is the first, as far as I know, piece of, or one of the first pieces of hardware that's come out with it integrated. And it seems like quite an interesting idea. Uh, the MS812 has eight analog and 12 digital outputs. The analog ones can be used for continually variable control voltages. The digital ones would be things like uh, binary, you know, gate, trigger, uh, clock, those kind of things. But it's an interesting idea, and I wonder whether or not this means that Copperland might actually, we might start seeing it as a, a potential new kind of musical instrument digital interface, you know, for, for hooking all of this stuff together, because it can hold a lot of... Uh, information on a gigabit Ethernet stuff. I know, uh, Dave Spears, you're looking a little bit um, sceptical at those those words. Does that uh, does that mean that um, I shouldn't bother going along and talking to them, or do you think it could be interesting? Uh, no, it's certainly worth talking to them. I do know, I was just, actually, I wasn't looking sceptical at all. I was just trying to think of a conversation I've had, certainly with a couple of the own force guys about this whole Copperland technology, because I know that they were doing something and maybe i shouldn't have said that but i have now <laughs> um but yeah no it all looked good and i did, we did look at this uh, a while ago uh here and it did all look good and then with that uh clip it kind of reaffirmed it for me but unfortunately at the moment i haven't got the sort of headspace to sort of dive into it yeah i think i mean so, I, 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 I as i understand it it's uh, the actual Copperland stuff is free to download. You just license the chips and put them in. You know, the, 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 it's kind of a bit like the idea of the ADAT chip I/O concept. You know, you put it in a piece of hardware and it gives you an Ethernet port that that allows you to use it as a protocol. But I think it could be absolutely fantastic. I mean, there's here 
Uh, there's also they've got uh, like an AIO uh, MIDI MIDI um, interface, which has just got an Ethernet cable. So that's I think that's actually a hundred base. It's not even gigabit. So so yeah, that, I mean it might actually be fine for that. Um, I don't know, Gaz. You, it strikes me that you might have an idea that this because you know less wires, good thing, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, do we know if Copperlan is a uh, is it? Is it an open protocol? Yes, it'll. You can put. You can put audio. You can put. It's just. It's. It's like. It's not even a transport. It's essentially the pipe, the wrapper that yeah. all of these protocols can work down. So it doesn't really matter what the protocol is. It just allows all these devices to talk to each other sort of seamlessly, so they become self-aware. And if you unplug one and put it somewhere else, it says, "I'm here again." You know that. That's as far as I understand. I did have a, I did an interview and a, a meta probably th- two, three years ago, with Eric Luchak. I forget his full name, uh, and it was very interesting to see it work. But it was all very kind of prototypey, and this obviously means now it's cool, perhaps. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, anything that's sort of uh, an update to to the kind of uh, rather aging uh, ADAT. Uh, ports is uh, is is good. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I'm so full of cold at the moment. I'm just. I was uh, just looking at that and thinking, uh, I I might have to cancel our shoot tomorrow because I can't risk getting oh. a cold before now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so it, that's all I can think about right now. All right, oh, well, let's let's maybe. I mean, I know Rich. I mean, you know, did, all of it. I mean, all PJ even. I mean, because you're just wiring up a studio now, aren't you? I mean, this, isn't this sort of thing going to be ideal? I mean, have you looked into the idea of using kind of stuff like CobraNet or any of the things which are transport over ether cable rather than multicore, or is it just not f- feasible for you? Yeah, not not currently. I mean, one thing I did look at briefly was the Focusrite um, Red series, the right. new kind of Red RedNet series, because we have a couple of rooms and we were trying to figure out how to interface them and we decided to go with Mahdi as as the protocol to do that but I think this looks really interesting and I remember distinctly the interview that you did a couple of years ago and I've thought about this on and off and think it's a, a brilliant idea and really don't understand why everybody doesn't just jump on sticking these these things on their devices like like ADAT uh, IO so that uh, we can start utilizing them so that you know the software engineers can start uh, start utilizing them for sending protocols back and forth because yeah having having a self-aware device having any device just being a self-aware node on a network is is a I think a, just a fantastic idea it is I mean looking at this drip feed in the yeah. chat room says the uh, Elysium Copperland MIDI interfaces have less than ten microseconds MIDI jitter which is pretty rock solid when it comes to timing that's quite an impressive uh, statistic there. Because uh, we're all used to the sort of sluggishness of MIDI in in certain aspects. Anyway, I know Rich. Would you would you consider putting something like this? I mean, I'm guessing also the idea that you can control <clears throat> audio interfaces and have audio and route it between all these various devices as well. If it was enough to be latency free, I don't know what the latency is likely to be when you're moving audio about over this same network. That's the thing. Well, I don't either, but. Until it becomes a standard that everybody's willing to embrace, I don't think I'm going to start adopting, you know, no, uh, sure. these sorts of things. But it does look very interesting to me, and I spent some time reading up on it today. So, um, uh, I will it catch on? I have no idea, but it looks very cool. And uh, the guy's product, I mean, the specific product that we looked at uh, related to this thing was a little bit 
uh, in need of some. He was a really nice man and everything, but it needed a little more uh, work done to it for the on the interfacing level, human interfacing level. Oh, well, in the software, the Copperland. Uh... No, the guy with the synthesizer interface. Did we did we talk about him? No. That connected via Ethernet that uh, he used as a demo in the video for the Copperland situation. Ah, right. Um, no, uh, what the Sh- one that we just Schneider's put- guy. the Schneider's guy. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. I think he okay. was. I th- uh, yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. I I like to look at that. I mean, I'm going to download it when I haven't got so much on my plate and and just play around with it because I think you can download it without having any Copperland stuff and then you can see how it all goes together. Because I'm guessing there'll I be see. a sort of com a software component to any of this, you know. Which if you put if you plug a CV interface, then you're going to need things like I want this controller to equal a CV output on this. You know, you're going to need to be able to hook all of that stuff together. That's kind of going to be quite critical. And I agree. I'd like to know what that looks like and how it is and where it gets stored. That all of those things are kind of things that need to be answered. And I'd like I'm I'm going to try and get hold of some of this gear and and run it through its paces and see how it works. But I like the idea of it. Um, anybody else? Uh, Mark, um, you haven't really got any modulus um, and stuff, I suppose, so I mean, maybe it's not... Uh... No, I haven't. I like the idea of the Copperland thing, though. Mm. I mean, I wish somebody would just make something that connects things together and the idea of it being self-aware so you can just plug stuff in and it knows what's been plugged in and where is brilliant. So, you know, I wish somebody would develop something that just basically supersedes MIDI because I mean well, I mean that exactly that was the thing I was going to say I mean we just need we it's about time we had a new transport I mean this is the because we're we're moving I can say it now we're moving offices fairly soon when we get back from now we're going to be moving to a big place where I'm going to have to get audio distributed about all over the place and stage boxes and I do not want to be put in analog multi-core cable in no. uh, but I don't no, know what I could do I don't so know what, easy to wire a building up with Cat Five, isn't it? I don't know it? what so, I'm, yeah, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I've got this uh, Yamaha desk here that will take various different kinds of Ethernet cards, CobraNet, and you know those various. Th- I don't know what the, all the formats are, but you know to get like an eight-input stage box, they're like a grand each or something. I mean, it's really expensive. So I need something that is going to bring it into an affordable zone for me because that that's where it's going to mean it's going to take off. But I, you know, I guess at the moment it's specialised, so it's still going to be expensive. But we, uh, Roland, do a Cat Five system, yeah. Um, Red uh, Wildman says in the chat room, um, that's very true. But um, it's a you know, it's it's it works with their own system, and I'd have to get a new desk, and it would cost me thousands, even if I did get a discount. But thanks for the uh, suggestion there. But, yeah, we need it, don't we? We need some kind of protocol that we can just kind of go, yeah, let's plug all this in. I mean, because soldering's a, f- a, a real pain. Yeah, yeah. This, this, I mean, if it, if it works as advertised and, and manufacturers started implementing it and, it, you know, in, in a perfect world it all worked the way it's supposed to, this would solve so many issues. It would be a fantastic thing to have in a studio. And if it were widely available right now, I know, I know for sure we'd be adopting something like this. Why would, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, but, we, we, seem to, is, we, we all yeah. want it, but it seems. I mean, it's happening in installation and in the live. It's just not transferred to studio. I'm thinking maybe it's because it's a re- more of a real time thing. The stu- I mean, live is real time, obviously, but generally you can do all of this stuff because front of house can be slightly delayed by the time it gets a signal. If it's if it's a big enough venue, it's not going to make that much. Di- you know, ten milliseconds ain't going to make that no. much difference. But yeah. in a studio, you can't really. But well, they've do that. already got a physical 
delay between the stage and where they are if it's a big enough venue anyway. They exactly. could have up to a second of delay if it was a huge venue. Yeah. Maybe more, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it's irrelevant, isn't it? Well, it is there, but it, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's going to come together because I really would like to see... It, and, and adopt, you know, I'm ready for it. I want something. You know, if I could have, you know, at the moment I'm going to have to use uh, optical, I think, because that's the easiest way. I can just get a few of those Behringer ADA 8000s, and which is what I use at the moment, and just have those about the place. So I've got two eight-channel stage IO stage boxes, and just get some cards for the uh, for the DM1000. That would make sense. That would give me 16 IO that I can have in two different places. But even that running uh, running a, a like a la a l- really long. Uh, run of uh, optical is is you know getting it's a it's a bit hairy you know like i'm talking 30 meters or so around the outside yeah of the that's wall. a bit that is a long way <coughs> i don't know whether they whether it's possible to do does anyone know what the uh what a, a decent length of uh S, of ada optical what's the kind of reasonable length you could do or if there's a cheap or a affordable way to repeat it so that it becomes longer runs i'm not sure there is i'm just getting a lot uh, of see, Z Systems has a box, Nick, that you might want to look at. It's uh, it's one of those ADAT router and switcher boxes, and I'm not I'm not certain whether or not it 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 will reliably extend an ADAT run, but it's definitely used to route and switch optical signals. So I mean, right. that's what it does effectively. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I I mean I don't need that many, but I mean it could make sense to do it. I mean we'll have to see. But thanks for the tip. Yep. Excuse me, Nick. Yes. I have to go. Okay, sorry, Rich. something uh, has come up. All right, okay, well, thanks very much for joining us, Rich. Uh, we appreciate your time, and we'll see you um, see you at the other side. Take care. Thanks very much, fellas. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. Bye, Rich. Right, well, I've actually run out of uh, topics. Apart from um, there was something else that uh, I wanted to talk to you about because I got a, a, an email from Dave Chick, who was an entrance to the... Uh, to the uh, Sonic Talk theme tune, his was uh, the—I think it was the one that was sounding like Zappa. It was really complicated and had lots of uh, lots of brilliant um, various varying pieces across the, the the twenty seconds. He actually runs a website and a podcast called Inside Home Recording, uh, which is a, a Inside Home Recording. It's it's a great podcast actually. It's been going for a very long time. It used to be run by. Uh, Derek and I'm trying to remember who the name of the other guy is. I think I met uh, Derek sadly passed away a few years uh, last year. Uh, but Dave is now the host and he's running a theme tune competition there too. Uh, so they're going to change their theme tune. So I, I, if you are interested, you have to head over to insidehomerecording.com slash theme dash contest i'm sure there'll be links on the front for the main page but he asked me if i could plug it and they've already started getting some in i think it runs until the and they're, they're heading for their 100th episode i think they do those every couple of weeks though uh, so they've been going a long time uh, let me see uh february the 9th Oh, sorry. February the 9th is the time. Uh, and there is no, uh, it's not a time limit or anything. It's going to be like a music bed and an intro. So if anyone's interested in doing that, head, head over there. And, uh, yeah, it says, I'm just looking at it and it says a full length song of three to four minutes would be ideal. Ah. But I can work with something shorter. I don't think I can write a full length song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got loads and loads of four bar patterns that I use for demoing gear. <laughs> I, yeah. I suppose I could arrange them. But yes, anyway, uh, so do check it out, um, insidehomerecording.com. Uh, and we thank Dave. Uh, Dave's, a, Dave's a listener, and uh, I was checking out his podcast as well. So if, if that's the sort of thing that excites you, 
Exactly. Uh, I know that people were very interested. We got a lot of positive response from the competition, and as we know, uh, that, that the theme tune that we're currently running is uh, is the competition winner. Um, so. I think we're getting to the end of the show time, um, and we've lost a couple of people already through natural wastage. <laughs> so, uh, so just want to say that. Uh, oh yes, actually, the one thing I was going to do, I'll play us out with that because we've got a new set of intro and outro credits for Nam. So, uh, Nam coverage will start. Uh, we might even get some stories on the Wednesday because we're going out on the Tuesday. There's a press preview day. We're going to go and check out a few things. Uh, I'm gonna, hopefully going to get a shot at the Q Neo on the first uh, at the preview day, and also we should be able to Yay. check out the. I think it's the Nectar uh, Reason controller will be there as well on preview day. So we might have a couple of kind of uh, exclusives that come out on Wednesday. And I know uh, that uh, Hans from uh, Musatalk is going to be using our videos to do his roundup uh, podcast, which he's going to be doing through the show. He's not going there in person. So, uh, yeah, sonicstate.com forward slash news. All the NAM stuff will just start pouring out. You know, you know how we do it. Lots and lots of videos, lots and lots of content. So please do come on over. So I'm going to say goodbye to our guests. Uh, first of all, I'll say to Dave Spears, G4 Software, I'm actually beginning to be a little bit envious at the fact that you're not going because I really like the idea of just saying I'm going and then flying somewhere else and sitting by a pool for a week because I really could fancy a holiday, actually. So that, that would be kind of... But I don't think I'd ever we, get away with it. We nearly did that one year. We got on the bus at uh, LAX to go to the car hire place and Chris sort of pulled out $2,000 and just looked at me and went, should we go to Vegas? <laughs> and there was this moment there was like this moment it's like mm. i've never been to vegas but i would like to go i definitely would like to go that would be kind of uh yeah that'd be great fun but anyway thanks dave uh, g4software.com yeah, keep an eye on what they're up to lots of good stuff coming no doubt and we'll also say thank you to pj tracy pj thank you for joining us too pj it's been a pleasure as ever thanks for your input uh. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And I just wanted to mention that anybody that is looking for a good pair at any price of uh, near-field or mid-field monitors, please check out the SE Electronics Monroe AG150 monitoring uh, you got system. Them. Good. I did. They are wonderful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to, I, we talked about ribbon mics last week, and I thought it was XR1. I've got the Voodoo VR1 mics, and I tried them out, and they do sound absolutely lovely. I can't wait until we get the opportunity to put them in front of a few things and check them out. So, yeah, anyway. But thanks for that, PJ. Thank you very much. And we'll also say goodbye to Mr. Gaz Williams from, G uh, from uh, songsurgeon.co.uk, who seems to have come down with an appalling cold during the, uh, during the process of this, uh, of this show. So we hope you feel better soon, Gaz. Um, green is the colour behind you, and I suspect it's the, the colour inside you at the same time as well. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I haven't been much cop today. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just happened this, this morning, really, a cold. Uh, you know, out of nowhere. So uh, hopefully it'll uh, it'll pass by tomorrow. Uh, so <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll have a chat with you. I'll have a chat with you about that afterwards. It's because uh, obviously it take some echinacea. Echinacea. That's always a good thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, songsurgeon.co.uk. Thank you very much, Gaz, and also Mark Tinley there. Likebeing.com. Thank you for joining us too. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll enjoy our Nam output, which will, like I say, will be coming. Yeah, I will. Spewing out shortly. I have been to Vegas. Have you? You really should go. You I, really should I, go. I, I do so want to mental. go. I do want to go. It's mental. Uh, Dripfeed in the chat room says, more modular stuff from Nam. Yes, we do. Uh, we usually have a big one. I think we're going to go and see Analog Haven, and it takes us ages because there's so many people there. So we should have a bunch of that there as well. And we've got a bit of uh, off-road time as well bit built into the diary, so that should be fine. In fact, I can show you a bit of the diary. It's 
It's bonkers. There's. Uh, you can, you know, you know, you can fly to Vegas pretty damn quick from LA. Actually, it's like it's just like getting the bus from Bath to London. Yeah, I know, I know you can, but it's not that. It's the fact that I'm away from the family for a week and then. Oh, I'm just going to go to Vegas. Doesn't usually cut it. Oh, as a, I see. As you should invite her out there and yeah, get, no, get them out. There. She doesn't fly. Doesn't, I think, not I'm sure fly. we had this exact same conversation last year. You know what we have, yeah. And I have, and I'm yes. not going this year either. But maybe next year, eh? Uh, we'll see how okay. it goes. Um, I think that is everybody. Have I said goodbye to you, Pete? I have. So that's it. And I'm going to play us out with our um, our new opening and closing Nam credits. So let me just uh, hit the button and. Uh, that's Sonic Talk number 251. Thank you very much indeed. Somebody has been getting to grips with After Effects during wow. the Christmas break.